0: Welcome to Word on the Way, Church of the Cross's daily reading podcast. COTC is an Anglican church in and for Northeast Dawson, rooted in Scripture, guided by ancient practices, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The next few minutes will feature a reading of Scripture appointed for today, a short reflection on it from a member of our community, and prayer informed by the passage. Our hope is that in these moments you will encounter Jesus, the Living Word. This is James So from Church of the Cross, Austin, and the reading for today is Matthew chapter 25, 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, The parable of the sheep and goats is among the most famous of Jesus' parables and contains one of his most often quoted verses, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. The passage also contains some of the most sobering verses in scripture involving eternal divine punishment and judgment. The parable is situated at the end of what's known as the Olivet Discourse, named as such after the Mount of Olives. Jesus gives the Olivet Discourse at the end of his ministry, right before the Last Supper, in the form of parables to answer the question from the disciples in chapters 24, verse 3. When will this, that is the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, occur? And what will be the sign of Jesus coming in the closing of the age? Now, this parable has been interpreted and used in many ways. In some circles, it's seen as a glimpse into the great judgment seat before Jesus at the end of the age. The picture is often troubling to evangelicals as the criterion to enter the kingdom of God seems an awful lot like works-based righteousness. On the flip side, in mainline traditions, you often see these verses used as an overall timeless ethic, a moralistic ideal with regards on how to treat the poor, imprisoned, and destitute. As recently as the latest democratic primaries, Elizabeth Warren quoted it as such, as did Pope Francis in a somewhat recent sermon as he states, in this way, Jesus reveals the decisive criterion of his judgment, namely concrete love for a neighbor in difficulty. And in this way, the power of love the kingship of God is revealed in solidarity with those who suffer in order to engender everywhere compassion and works of mercy. Taking a step back from these lines of interpretation, though, I, w- I wanted to share a few thoughts and observations. First, this is a parable, so we should be careful not to derive too concrete an eschatology, that is the theology of the last things, or soteriology—that that is the theology of salvation from its story. Or on the flip side, to oversimplify it as a moralistic tale. Keeping that in the back of my mind helps me work through the passage without too many preconceived notions that this must be the point of the message. Parables are often confusing, both to the first century hearers, the disciples themselves, and even more so to us modern readers, so we must approach with humility. Second, the passage starts with verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. This is a direct quote from Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, describing the inauguration of the king of the world. The Messiah, that is Jesus, is taking his rightful place on the throne right before his seeming failure on the cross. In our rush to figure out how the world will be judged, we should not lose sight of who and who alone reserves the right to be judge and king. Next one question I have is to whom is Jesus referring when he separates those into sheep and goats? Is he referring to sheep and goats? Is is, is he referring to people or peoples? That is nations. Is this in some way a subversive political statement against nations that do not take care of the least within society? Or is he speaking to individual people or is he speaking to groups of people or a specific group like Israel? It might help clarify if we ask the next natural question that is to whom does the brethren in verse 40 refer a decontextualized family of god or maybe brethren who are poor and afflicted or could the context of the moment provide a clue remember the sermon was given right before the last supper and right before the last supper and crucifixion the simplest explanation is that the brethren are jesus disciples with him But is this too narrow? All this time, is the true context of the passage simply that the least of these is just Jesus' disciples? Given how Jesus almost always uses brothers in the context of his disciples, and that is to whom he is directly speaking, it makes sense that the least of these are in fact Jesus' disciples. To me, this represents the upside-down world of the kingdom of God, which I, as a modern believer in wealthy, powerful America, find difficult to stomach or understand. To which the original hearers, that is, disciples, this was comfort. Instead of automatically finding themselves in the story as either sheep and goats, they saw themselves as the least of these. And instead of asking the question, "Who gets into heaven?" this story answers the question, "Is Jesus with me as a disciple of Christ, even though I suffer and become destitute?" Jesus answered. Jesus' answer is that he is not only his with his brothers, but that in mission. He's part He is a part of them and suffers alongside them. To reduce this passage to a question of who gets into heaven or conversely, a moralistic ethic for the poor in general, I think misses the point. Just to be clear, there are myriad places in scripture that speak to these topics, and the poor in general is at the heart of Jesus' ministry. All I'm saying is that this passage is, in context provides more depth beyond these interpretations. So going back to the question, who are the sheep and goats, well, based on the defining of brethren as disciples of Christ or the family of Christ, Jesus is saying Jesus is saying how the so-called righteous treat his family no matter how poor they are or deserted by the world's standards. They are representatives of Christ himself. They are part of the new kingdom he is inaugurating and his brothers and sisters are marked by suffering. This is the way of the cross. This is the path from exile. So given this context and how the original hearers might've understood this lesson, how are we to respond and find ourselves in this story? That is a question I'll leave to you as a listener. And we, as a church body, need to struggle and rejoice in these implications together. Let us pray. Father Almighty, we praise you for not being a distant God, unawares of the matters of the world, but rather you are a present God, suffering alongside us, experiencing our pain and disappointment, Help us to see others as you see them, image-bearing, light-bringing, wonders of creation. Help us to be a community marked by sacrifice, emulating the new kingdom, perfected by Jesus. Thanks for listening. Check out cotcaustin.org to learn more about our community or to connect with us further. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.